Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. Solomon's father, who did the planning of the temple, that it was he who got the workers to come down from Lebanon, and it was him who got the materials. And then it was eventually Solomon who built the thing, had it built. And all of these men and workers had their hand in building the temple. But at the end of the day, Solomon is saying, it was you, Lord. It was your hand. And that's true, is it not, for the things that God builds in our lives? For the lives that he has built, that he has constructed, the blessings that he has given us? We can, on a small level, understand what Solomon is, is feeling with this church that he's given us. He did it, not us. He did it. And we have pictures on our website of the guys removing rock and people doing work here. And it's beautiful. And the hands really have labored. The men have done a phenomenal job. And the sisters. It's just been a work of the church. And it's a blessing. But at the end of the day, it was his hand, not ours. Because if it wasn't for his grace, we would not have, you know, the energy, the know-how, the hands, the feet to do the work. It's all God and and Solomon's giving them all the credit and all the glory and it's just beautiful uh, to see and I just think that language that he's saying is beautiful you know he says who has fulfilled with his hands what he spoke with his mouth it's just beautiful beautiful language in other words God always does what he says he will do in his word he will always do it he will always do what he says he's going to do. The question is, do we always do what we say we're going to do? Do we always do what we say we're going to do? James tells us uh, in James uh, 5, verse 12, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. We have to be a people that, who, who keeps their word. We have to be a people of integrity because that's who our God is. So we need to be careful when we tell people, yes, I'll do this or that. No, I won't do this or that. We have to be careful and be those that keep our word to people. God is faithful to fulfill his word. We need to be faithful to fulfill the word that we give to people. I have been shocked over the years. How many Christians who have thought that they were mature, guys, they thought they were mature, change their minds and do the opposite of what they say they were going to do. It's saddening. It, it just shows where they're at with the Lord. We have to let our yes be yes and our no mean no. God help us to do so. And he does. And he does. Have you vowed to the Lord anything? If you know Jesus and you vowed to give him your life, is, have you done that? Is, are you living his will be done? 
in your life or is it still all about whatever you want to do? We all have made a vow to the Lord and we're called to pay that vow, to honor that vow. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. Who has fulfilled with his hands what he spoke with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. Nor did I choose any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. No city and no man. But then eventually the Lord did do that. Yet I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name may be there. Wow, that, that statement is, 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 is powerful. It's, it's a big statement, especially if you ever get to get to Israel. And the first time you come around the bend and you see the city of David for the first time in your life, it's like no other city. Because there's no other city on earth that God has placed his name there. So everyone's blown out of their minds bless when we first see Jerusalem. It just blows your mind because you know in your spirit that that is a special city to God. And one day he's going to make a new Jerusalem where we're going to live for him, with him forever. So it's not like any other city. And it goes way back to the book of Chronicles, first and second. I mean, it's just he has chosen that City, And it is a good reminder for us to bless Israel, to pray for Israel, for God's people according to the flesh. You know and I know, if you know anything about prophecy, that they're going to suffer in the future. But many are going to come to know Jesus Christ. So we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray um, for uh, Jerusalem, And I love Psalm 122, verse 6. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And I believe that's true. That if you pray for Jerusalem, if you pray for God's people according to the flesh, I believe that there is still a blessing for those who, who bless Abraham's people and a curse for those who curse them. So bless them. If you want to be blessed by God, pray for Israel. Add that. Kids, add that. I'm going to pray for Israel. Because in the future, during the Great Tribulation, God's going to awaken their eyes to the reality that, oh my goodness, Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah all along. That's future. That's going to happen. So if he put his name on that city, let us be reminded to bless that his people according to the flesh, which we're going to talk about in, in Romans coming up here on Sunday. And, and Israel's facing a lot of pressure, as you know. Their anti-Semitism is, is up all over the world. Hatred and, and uh, prejudice against the Jews. And so many are, are being caused to go back to Israel. Um, but it's, it's just a, a terrible state around the world for the Hebrews. So keep them in prayer. Amen? Amen? All right. I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. Nor did I choose any man to be ruler over my people Israel. Yet I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there. And I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. 
But the Lord said to my father, David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well in that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son, who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. So the Lord has fulfilled his word, which he spoke. And so here, Solomon's telling the story again and how, how it was in his father's heart to build the Lord a temple. And, and God said, it, it's a good thing that that was in your heart. But nevertheless, he would not let David do so because David was a man of war. He had shed too much blood, but yet he promised him. He was so blessed by David's sentiment that he said, your son from your own body, which King Solomon would be a, 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 really a, a king of peace, not of war. It would be him that would have that privilege. But God, we all know, was, was so blessed at the intentions of King David. I was blessed by what Pastor Chuck Smith said, and, and I, I, I listened to, to him a, a couple weeks ago, and I remembered it for tonight. But he, he said, you know, uh, God blesses a person's good intentions towards him. If you desire to sincerely do something good for God, but God might say, you know, it's not for you, it's for somebody else to do, that God still gets blessed and blesses you for your intentions. And I thought that was good. But he also warned that uh, as David's heart was good, but he could not do the good work, there are those who have bad intentions, who unfortunately do works of righteousness, but for the wrong reasons. Think about that. David, good heart, good intentions, couldn't do it. But the warning is, bad heart, bad intentions, but they look good. They look righteous. And I thought that was, that was worth repeating here tonight, and I give Chuck credit for that. <clears throat> but in Matthew 23, 27, this is what Jesus said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees or the scribes and the Pharisees that's Matthew 23 27 write it down he said to them hypocrites for you are like whitewashed tombs which indeed appear beautiful outwardly but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness and then he goes on to say even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Think about what Jesus said. That there's just a, there's a group of people that exist. That if the undiscerning eye would see them, they would say, wow, they, they are righteous. Jesus said, be careful. Be careful. Because there are those who present themselves as righteous. But when you dig a little deeper inside, it's dead bones. It's dead bones. What's the remedy? How do we protect ourselves from that? Well, go with me to Matthew 6, and we'll see. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, and give me an amen once you are there. All right. 
Take heed, Jesus says, that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by men. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Surely I say to you that they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be seen in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. As surely I say to you that they have the reward, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so the Lord said, you know, don't, don't seek to be seen by men or praised by men. Be righteous inwardly. And, and, and that really is to, to say, Lord, I, I, I want to I do this for you. I want to pray for you. I want to do charity work for you. I want to build this temple for you. I want to do these things for you. And, and that's, that's when we're in a good place. And Jesus said that you will know them by their heart. Or by their fruit, actually. Sorry, not by their heart. By their fruit. And, and to inspect fruit takes some time, right? It takes time for fruit to grow, to reveal itself. Trees don't just have fruit overnight. And that's the key. Fruit takes time to reveal itself. And so, um, amen. Intentions are found out eventually. All right. Back to our text. So the Lord has fulfilled his word, which he spoke. And I have filled the position of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And there I have put the ark in which is the covenant uh, of the Lord, which he made uh, with the children of Israel. And then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. And he spread out his hands, for Solomon had made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and had set, in its, in, set it in the midst of the court. And he stood on it, and he knelt down on his knees before all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward Heaven. I mean, just prostrated before the Lord, lifting up his, his hands to God, just loving God. Solomon had a real love for God, just wanted to bless God. That, that, that is clear to see here. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you, who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants, who walk before you with all their hearts. And again, there's that that encouragement that we walk with the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our might, with all of our being, guys, just to give God your all. 
And that's when you see God's fulfillment really take place in your life, when you're giving God your all. But the half-stepping, the kind of there, the lukewarm, not hot, not cold, in the middle, you don't really see the fulfillment of God's promises because we're hindering his promises from being fulfilled in our lives because the blessings come with those who have a heart that is fully given to God. And that's why if you know anybody who's kind of always catering on the fence and, and not on fire for the Lord, it's always just, just back and forth, hot and then cold, hot. I mean, there's no consistency. There's also no consistency in joy, consistency in fruit, consistency in, in blessings. It's just kind of, you know... They get into heaven, they slide in, but as far as being blessed, that comes with those that are fully given to the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. You, you promised your servant David, my father, you have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel. Only if your sons take heed to their way that they walk in my law as you have walked before me. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David. And that word was fulfilled through Jesus Christ, the son of David, right? Like the throne of David will know no end. All of us are a part of the kingdom of David and we're going to be with the son of David for eternity. But unfortunately, as we read through Chronicles, the kings did not hold to it. Verse 18, But will God indeed dwell with men on earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built. And that's the truth. What can contain our God? This summer I've spent more time at the beach than I think I ever have. And I've been blessed to be able to do so with my family. I mean, the vastness of the ocean. The vastness of it. Here we have our mountains. We have the moon that's out like early in the day. Every day that moon is out. You can see it during the daytime here. And the sun. The grandeur of our world. Can God truly be contained here in our sanctuary? He's here. And he's here thick, I believe. His presence. But my goodness, these walls cannot keep him in. He's everywhere. Everywhere we go. I was looking at the moon. It was like over there. Before I came here, moon's already out. Clouds. Able and, and I'm able to measure the, the sky with the clouds, so beautiful. But God is vast. And it's good to know that your God is vast because it speaks of his power. And if he's that powerful and that vast, how petty our problems are in comparison to that power. And that power is there to save you and save me from the problems that we're in. He has never failed to fulfill his word. Yet, verse 19, regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication. O Lord, 
my God, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you, that your eyes may be open toward this temple day and night, toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place, and may you hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel. When they pray toward this place, hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. He's just calling out to God, bless the temple. And and we should all be praying for our church, this temple. Lord, bless it. May your eyes be upon it day and night. We used to not have to worry about praying for a temple or a church or a building, but you got it now. Pray that God's eyes are on it day and night. Pray that God's blessings are upon this place. Pray that when people come into this place and they pray to the Lord, that he hears them and he forgives them. Because this is a place for sinners to come and and find forgiveness. These are prayers that we can glean from Solomon's prayer that we ought to be praying for. I just love the fact that he's saying, hear your servant. Hear me. You ever say that to God? Lord, hear me. Hear your servant. Bless this place. Bless your people. And when they pray in this direction, towards this place, and I remember going to Israel in 2001, a long time ago, but I was on that plane, LL Airline, somewhere over the North Atlantic Sea, flying east, and uh, when the sun came up, I started seeing, like, one by one, like these rabbis and stuff, get up on the plane, turn east, and begin praying because of these verses like these, that they they just feel like if they pray in the direction of Jerusalem, where their temple used to be, God will hear their prayer. But how good for us that we have the Holy Spirit actually in these temples that helps us in our weaknesses, that teaches us what we ought to pray for, with utterance that with words that cannot be uttered amazing that's what we have you don't have to face the church but please pray for it you know it's like where is it you google it and then turn your body and say okay now that's going to be a bullseye you don't got to do that but pray that his eyes are on this place day and night it'll give this poor young pastor a uh a good night's rest when I know that I'm not the only one praying these things for this place. And I know I'm not, but it's a good reminder. Amen? Amen. What verse? Thank you. We'll stop there. We have communion. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we can just learned so much from that wonderful day thousands of years ago in Jerusalem when the temple when your temple was dedicated the people praised you the people worshipped you the people sacrificed to you the people made vows to you the people sang Lord and they played their instruments and Lord, your thick cloud was upon the temple. 
We pray that for our church, that you, Holy Spirit, would fall thick upon our church, that we would be just engulfed with your presence. And so, Father, we love you, we thank you, we pray your blessing as the communion is being handed out. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.